games and gamers together now have the sheer magnitude to be a significant unifying force for the world. If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. You are almost a jibble sandwich. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Be better. Check this out. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 336th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We're coming at you live from the PAX Australia 2023 show floor from the Audio Technica booth here. It is the sexiest booth in town, and they also have the sexiest range of audio-based equipment, so upgrade your headphone, microphone, in-ear, or over-ear gaming headset, or turntable uh, game today at the Audio Technica booth. If you need us live, they're doing sweet deals on the stand. But if you're not hearing us live, head over to audio-technica.com to get yourself the best in audio-based equipment. And also, talking about the best, you can also get the best video game and pop culture merch over at shop8bit.net. We have the sexiest video game and pop culture collabs in the land, so shop8bit.net as well. But yes, I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me on them socials everywhere at Brendan8Bits, and as you heard in the drop there, we're coming to you live from PAX Australia 2023, so we thought we'd do a little bit of a recap, but also do things a little different. Everyone is doing PAX recaps, the best, the worst, and everything else in between, but we thought we'd sort of look at it from a few different angles, because we've got uh, not only a panellist or a panel organiser here on the show floor here with me, we've also got an audio engineer from our beloved Audio Technica as well representing, so I thought we'd sort of look at it from a few different lenses. I guess I better introduce them. To make it easier, they are both named Matt. So we've got uh, my good friend Matt Tilbury, who's going to be joining me all month long on The Hungry Gamers. You can be found at It's Tilbury on the socials. And Matt, I don't know if you want me to share your social. I didn't preface that at the, at the beginning. <laughs> but you can find him at PAX Australia right now. But outside of that, it's a mystery. But he's doing great things always. So Matt, Matt, thank you so much for joining me here. How the bloody hell are you? Doing very well. It's, it's good to be, I guess, back in The Hungry Gamers hot seat. Uh, it's been... Well, a couple of years since I'd uh, shared the seat with you for a little mm-hmm. bit. So, uh, obviously, you know, it was a, throughout the pandemic, so it was not a particularly fun time. Yeah, yep. But, uh, yeah, look, here at PAX, it's been a, a busy, busy weekend for us all and, you know, recapping it all with some of the best in the biz. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, three days of fun and debauchery and everything else in between, but uh, we're here on a Sunday. It's a little bit of a slower Sunday, a little bit of a more quieter, calm, relaxed Sunday, maybe some sore heads. But some full hearts, I think. And uh, I'm looking over at Matt, our engineering aficionado, and his heart is so full, I think it's overflowing because the smiles and the good times is permeating on his face for the audio-based listeners. How are you doing, good sir? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. As you said, Sunday afternoon. uh, After a couple of... I think I've been here since Tuesday I started turning up on site. God damn. Um, So, yeah, you know, Sunday afternoon after that. It feels really good to sort of have a good show and uh, be at the end of... Yeah, um, but yeah. As you say, um, it's really nice to see everyone. So you fit big, big, full hearts from a couple of days of really nice social interaction and stuff. So. Exactly, and I guess you sort of led me in without uh, sort of knowing to lead me in, and I think that's a good place we can start. Instead of just sort of talking about the here and now, maybe we start to talk about you know the journey to packs because we've got someone that's uh, in, in Mr. Tilby here who, who's ran a panel and, and you know the work that goes into that, and on yourself as well running a booth creating a booth creating these experiences like this isn't just a rock up on a friday morning and it's all happened like you clicked your fingers and magic has occurred 
this is a long journey, it's a painful journey, it's a stressful journey. Maybe we can sort of unpack that a little bit. I'm looking at you first, uh, Matt, yeah. with the long hair and the beard. So maybe you can sort of, I guess, disclose some of that hard work and effort that goes into making this uh, audio technical magic happen here because yeah it's not just a, a one and done you roll in on the Friday like you said you've been here from Tuesday onwards yeah, but almost like almost the whole whole week yeah but this journey took place months and months ago like this isn't just a oh yeah PAX is coming up next month let's make it happen this is months and months and hours and hours and many tears and many beads of sweat worth of planning to make it so so uh yeah do you want to yeah. share a little bit of insight on that yeah um i will start off by saying because i'm from the technical side of stuff i my role is definitely more of a support of what essentially what what do the marketing team want to do and i'll mm -hmm. just sort of help make them happen so shout out to matt the other matt from audio technica um so hopefully we hopefully we get him in because his insight yeah. for this long-term run uh, the amount of work he does in the back end to kind of make this happen and get mm -hmm. this up and running because obviously it's a marketing thing. It's a brand promotional type thing. Yeah. Um, we had the advantage this year that we pre we have a slightly bigger stand to what we had last year. So there was a bit of a play around having to build a bit of extra stuff, have a bit of extra stuff on the stand. But from sort of a technical side of thing for the booth here, same sort of build we had last year. So it kind of make it a little bit easier for what we knew we were going into. Definitely last year, there was a lot of, oh, we've got this space. What are we going to do with it? What are our options? Um, I, huge props to the other map because he gives me a lot of free reign on how I do yeah. things in here yeah. um, I think yeah. even like as you sort of said like looking at what happened last year obviously a lot of people coming back after COVID and I think people were sort of like dipping their toes into the water being like what can we do with this space is it going to be viable for us to do this again after such a long you know two two years out essentially um, and it's it's people being like, okay, this can work again. And it's, you know, not, not just like Audio Technica and some of the, like even the indies, but like even the big companies again, coming back after so long and, and sort of using it as like a, that litmus test of being like, we can run this again. Now we can sort of start spreading our wings a little bit more and getting back to more of that normalcy that, you know, places like PAX gets to experience. And I heard um, like, it's great that it is very much a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it concept here on the booth, on the, I guess, the stand in general, not just here in the podcast booth, but it's spaced really well. It's welcoming. It's open. It's got a clear message, a clear vision. And, and the podcast booth we're in right now, it's fantastic. It's nice and spread out. It's comfortable. I did hear that there was a couple of ideas that sort of got nipped in the bud pretty early. I heard there was options for like a, a build your own sort of soft serve Sunday bar that they Ooh. were toying with yeah, for a little they, while. They weren't super open to my suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear that the, the stripper pole was sort of, uh, you know, squashed pretty quickly. OH&S for both of those uh, reasons. Know, the the indoor pool, it was just, you know, nipped in the bud so quickly. It was just a shame. Yeah, jelly wrestling. Weren't uh, super open to the hot tub streams on the stand. Yeah, that, um, that's a little that, risque. Yeah, that was that was definitely the thing that sort of shut down really early. But, you know, this year, uh, things we changed. The door opens inwards this year. Real mm -hmm. subtle change, but, you know, Love it. a bit more welcoming. <laughs> that's, that's smart. It's essential. Yeah, real, real subtle changes. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think this year we... we as you say, like last year was definitely a massive test of, hey, what's the industry like? What does it look like? And I think maybe in the last years when we had a chat, a actually a lot of the podcasts from last year were all about like, hey, we're back. Like yeah. this is huge. Like uh, like the big thing last year was a lot of the big like sort of AAA games weren't here. It was all about the indies and everyone kind of really caught on to that really well. And I think this year has been very much the same, but yeah. I think everyone's kind of going, oh, cool, this is, this is back. And I, I assume from the panelist side as well that you're kind of going, oh, we can... 
okay, we're kind of less tentative. We're a bit like, okay, let's commit to stuff because we know it's going to work out. Like, there's, yeah. going, there's going to be people here. Like, people are going to attend. It's not going to be a flop, so. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, even on my side, you know, my panel was at, like, 6 o'clock on, yeah, the Saturday night for people who are listening on the podcast. Like, that's, like, prime dinner, like, just after the normal, you know, I guess panel floor closes. So normally people are sort of filing out and doing their own thing after the the hustle and bustle of the day. So normally people who are going to those sorts of panels are like you you have a reason to go to those yeah, sorts of yeah. panels. And uh, like if there's a guest that you wanted to see or a friend or, or that sort of thing, like you have a reason to go there and it's not so much just like, you know, filling time and just going to something that's on. So it's a little bit different for... I guess people who are doing those panels after the the store floor sort of like closes but yeah it, it's definitely proof that you know we can sort of i guess expand on ideas and and have a little bit more of a a fun time with it and, and really sort of take it to places where really we couldn't do that sort of thing last year like i i i was definitely came last minute last year and didn't really have too many ideas and now that I'm able to have that sort of time to plan and, and organize things and think of ideas, like there's definitely a better option and sort of a better way forward for that. Yeah, for sure. And on, on that sort of panel front and even just packs in general, like everyone knows the show floor, it's your 10 to six, give or take with the timing day by day. Yeah. But maybe maybe for listeners or, or, or panel and convention goers, they don't know that there's so much more outside of that where these panels can go on until like 10, 11 p.m. of an evening. There's yeah, so many I, things to do outside of those, in air quotes, business hours yeah. of exhibition hall floor. Like I'd, I'd, I knew that like you'd have panels that go to like nine o'clock and that's fine. Like I heard this year, yeah, panels were going until like 11 o'clock, 11.30 and I was like, that's new for me. And that's and that's probably that, that thing again of like being able to expand to those times and, and just flesh things out a little bit more. But yeah, like they're going really hard with the panels this year and I was pleasantly surprised. It's, it's good to see because the, the show floor is great. Like there is a lot to see and do and consume and get overwhelmed by, but you do need those timeout segments in your day or your night because being on this show floor for eight odd hours would be very exhausting, very stressful. So being able to sort of just kick your feet up, literally sitting in a chair in, in, a, in an expo hall or, or in one of the theatres to sort of watch a panel of something that you may be heavily invested in or maybe you just stumble past it sound like a cool idea so it's kind of great that you can sort of chop and change your day hour by hour and get all these new and unique experiences thrown at you from every part of that sort of pop culture universe and i guess sort of narrowing that lens back into that panel discussion like mentioned at the drop you you hosted a panel last night Mm -hmm. what goes into that like this isn't like what we were talking with Matt regarding the, I guess, the, the booth and the, the AT concepts. Like this is something that you didn't just think about last minute and threw it together. Like there's a lot of timing and planning that goes into getting this done. There's a pre-approval process. So how do you come up with a concept that's going to be unique enough to get your eyes, uh, like get it get it in the eyes of Reed Pop who, who look after PAX here, but also that's accessible enough for people to come check it out. Like is there a sort of fine line where you need something that's going to, have some pop and sizzle to go, Shit, that's that's new, that could be cool, but not too new and cool that it alienates people and maybe scares people off going, whoa, that's that's too out there. Yeah. I can't commit an hour to come in and, and watch whatever madness is going to ensue on stage. Yeah, it, it, full disclosure for everyone, my panel last night was basically just a live podcast episode, so probably not the best example, but having you know done like Mario Tennis tournaments in the past and 
you know, getting everyone involved with that. It's it's a lot of like moving parts, um, mostly just keeping track of, you know, trying to get people recruited. And, you know, even yourself, you've, you've been a part of these, these tournaments in the past and you'll know like you have to be there at a certain time and, and you know, special guests get have to do certain things. And more, more often than not, it's basically just trying to get your foot in the door with uh, these sorts of ideas. And once you've got everything sort of set up, it's putting it to, to read pop and, and getting those sorts of ideas out there. And sometimes they may say yes. And sometimes like I've had a couple that have weren't, I guess, accepted, but in the long run, it, it's very much a learning experience of like trying to organize that sort of stuff on your own. Because, you know, for someone like myself, who's just doing podcasting for, you know, a bit of a hobby, a bit of a passion, there's no one else to help you out with it. You've got to, yeah. you've got to hunker down. You've got to do the work yourself if you want to get that sort of stuff done. And really, it's, it's not until the end, like after you've finished and, and everyone's packing up everything, when you sort of start to look back at it and go, that was all worth it. Have you found, like, with, with the panel, and you just mentioned it's sort of just a, a glorified live podcast, but having it in that live environment, having a crowd reacting positively, negatively, everywhere else in between, do you find yourself sort of subconsciously pivoting, though? Like, if, if you're getting more interest from the crowd or even the, the guest or the panel participants, you sort of jump off script or you just, did you sort of in your mind just go, nah, this is beginning, middle, end, that's, that's the journey we're going to go on or did you sort of keep keep it open and a bit free-flowing depending on where the story takes you, where the, where the crowd takes you and the energy? We definitely had, I guess, sort of segments and I normally like to do that for my podcast anyway just to keep things nice and flowing and that's that ADHD brain in me sort of keeping things you know, segmented and, and sort of um, to a script almost. But there was definitely a, a lot more of an allowance during the, the panel because we had a full hour, whereas my episodes normally are sort of like 45 to 55 minutes. We get that sort of openness and a little bit more of a freedom to, I guess, express ourselves and, and just have a bit more fun with it. Um, and I think, yeah, like you sort of mentioned, the, the live aspect of the crowd, like having never really done an episode in person, like I've done a couple here at, at the booth and those are a little bit more different but this is definitely something where and i mean in the crowd was all only sort of like 25 30 people so it was a very sort of small sort of intimate feel intimate yeah that's but, a, it's a great word but did that make did did that make your delivery and your flow different like obviously being being in a in a recording environment like at home it's a safe it's a familiar environment it's a controlled environment where in a, in a live scenario in in a theater room yeah, there is a lot of variables and a lot of other wrinkles that can be thrown at you that you can encounter. But did you feel it was still right on, right in line with what you've done in the previous, you know, 27 or so episodes you've done with One Perfect Game? Or was this, you feel like if you listen to this in comparison to the rest of your back catalogue, it's going to stand out? I mean, it, it feels like it was more open. I think being in a live setting with a guest this time, I think allows like obviously when you're interviewing people through like a discord or something when you're doing a, a, the normal sort of episodes there's obviously a bit of a delay and normally i like to to keep it very much just like q a keep it as as you know on topic as possible it gave us that freedom just to be a little bit more open and i think that really sort of helped and i would i would like to think obviously i haven't checked the audio yet fingers crossed knock on wood that it's all fine and, and dandy but yeah, it, it just allowed me to be a little bit more open and, and especially for the crowd that was there, like we were able to sort of connect with them in a way that you can't really get with, you know, a, a traditional episode. And I think that word connect is perfect. That's what this event is about. That's what PAX is about for me. I think it's all about connecting with friends, whether they be old and new, connecting with brands, connecting with products, 
PAX is a good connector, it's a good hub, it's a good melting pot for mm. everybody from every walk of life to get together, experience new things, experience new people, and walk away from it with the memories. Like, yep, we've got so many products and, and games and things on the show floor, but when we look back on PAX 2023 in one year time, two year time, three year time, people aren't going to go, oh, I remember had such a good time playing Super Mario Wonder for 12 minutes. It's going to be like, remember that time we were at that bar and you pissed your pants or, you know, you did this funny thing or this embarrassing thing. Yeah, I can't believe you did yeah. that. Just I wild. Can, yeah. I said you weren't going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you know what? We, 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 I didn't name and shame directly. I, I left that open to like, it's one of two mats here that could have... Uh, soiled themselves but you know what bladder bladder control is a real thing listeners and if you do feel that loosening up a little bit go see your gp get that under control because there isn't much worse than uh soiling yourself yeah and i guess on that negative train of thought like what do you think like we can get into the highs i think it'd be good to end on some of the on the on the high points of packs and maybe some tips and tricks for for people to to consider from all layers of, of packs whether it be from an exhibitor standpoint media content creator panelist or just general admission what some of the low points like like walking around we don't we don't want to sling mud we don't want to say read pop you the worst or packs you the worst but like <laughs> what do you think they could genuinely improve on from an overall show perspective to make it a better experience for for everybody involved from from yeah exhibitor all the way through to to general public I mean, on my side of things, I genuinely think even when you're walking through the front door, the marshalling, especially when you're coming through within like the first hour yeah, yeah. of the day, needs a bit of work. Um, I came in yesterday at around sort of like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and they were still filing people out the door and it was like down into the park basically and obviously having it just rained, mud everywhere, huge mess. So I think like being able to sort of organise people to get into the actual show floor is... is probably something they could work on having like you know gonna put you on blast brendan we we managed to just walk straight through on the on the pick up a badge side when everyone else was filing through on the big line so a little bit of organizational things here and there and um i mean especially in on the panel last night being told you know it's plug and play if you want to record your audio so bring your laptop with a recording software and then they had to sort of like figure out what to do with it and, and all these sort of things like clearly the the techs weren't given the same sort of information on that sort of thing so yeah like there's there's a, a few you know subtle things here and there but just, uh, just saw a manic pikachu uh licking the windows out there it was it was a time <laughs> yeah look that's that's part and parcel of of packs i think especially this year like the the people in in full garb and and you know inflatable pikachus the the dancing stormtroopers were, were a highlight for i think a lot of people yeah, he's back. <laughs> he's back. He's back to lick a few more windows. I, I love this. But um, from like an exhibitor standpoint, Maddie, like, what what do you think they could do? Like, one thing I will appreciate, and it can be a strategic decision, or also a business decision, because I know that there's like you know 25 to 30 percent less vendors or exhibitors here from last year. So the show floor is a lot more open. The booths are a lot more open. So it feels a little less claustrophobic and stressful and stinky and people invading your personal space but from from a from a long-term exhibitor like at have been here for many many moons like this is the 10th year of pax now and from what i understand you know at have been here for a large portion of, of that run what do you think from an exhibitor standpoint and i know you're not like talking on behalf of at but like just looking from from that side 
what do you think that they could sort of work on to, to make this a better experience for, for yourselves or, or people involved? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's so much from them in particular. Like, I don't interact with them. Like, as I said, like, I don't do any of the interactions with them. Um, but I think it is this thing of, I think maybe because they're fighting some of the, not having some of the bigger groups here, like sort of, sort of bigger brands and stuff like that. Um, you can see it on a few of them. There's a few, like, people have a bit more space on there. Like, the stands, I think, are a little bit bigger this year for majority of people. So mm -hmm. there's no real closed off. There's not a lot of real closed off stands. And even the ones that have a bit of a wall around the outside are still really open on the inside. So um, I think that's where it's kind of getting this sort of, like, sparse vibe. But I don't, I don't know where it comes from because, like, I think they're also fighting the fact that on the back of COVID, I think a lot of places sort of went, oh, we don't need to do physical yeah. shows to it's, kind of still make that, that profit. That digital like shift, is, shift is very yeah. real and it's an easier way to get your message out. It's a more controlled message yep. and it's a cleaner and more concise message. And, and yeah, instead of hoping for people to buy tickets and see it here, yep. you broadcast it out to the internet and you get millions of eyes on it guaranteed as opposed to, I guess, a bit of risk and reward here where like, Tekken 8 is here to play which is one of the like the largest games to come out yeah. in the next six months there's no signage around anywhere I only found out that it was here Just by like accident right down the back end yeah. and, and I know there's probably some booth scheduling they were umming and ahhing if they're going to get a build that's playable and I know there's a lot of semantics and moving pieces but like the fact that you've got such a big game here that's getting no coverage I feel Repop can do better in that regard like even walking through the concourse there's no real signage up about uh go to booth xyz123 to play this or buy this thing because it's on sale like i think maybe some rotating digital signage out there could be a good way to get some return on investment for all the exhibitors they definitely did like mention it on social media being like here's the first time to play tekken 8 in australia and then it was like like once or twice they would probably mention it and that's it see i didn't see that at all yeah so i it, didn't see that it, it's genuinely like if you've got something big, like obviously the the big, you know, Nintendo and, and Sega are obviously going to get you know right of way because they're bringing something new to the table. But it's like, yeah, like you said, Tekken Eight is a big game, not just here but internationally. So I think yeah. having all this marketing for it and then either a just saying it once or twice and then putting it right up the back of the the show floor doesn't really give a good indication of of how much attention you're paying to it. Yeah. Um, on your point as well, like. I think the, one of the bigger things as well is just sort of like location for the booth for AT as well. Like I've done a couple of these sort of shows in the past, you know, live shows with Brendan and, and, and others. And it's always about sort of like how close you are to the, the people screaming out for free gear. And like, I don't know if people can hear it on, on our broadcast, but like there's a DJ like literally yeah. probably like 10, 20 meters away from us. And you might be able to hear it, but it's like that sort of stuff, just being able to, you know, get to a good spot and, and especially with audio being so important like it must be kind of frustrating in that regard trying to do all of this stuff with all of that extra noise and and sort of distractions in the way yeah i think i think the interesting one is like because of the noise aspect like we as a group have like we've discussed the options of like doing an off-site thing okay and like kind of going oh yeah cool do we just kind of do similar pop-up sort of pop-up podcast space but not on the show floor but from a marketing perspective we kind of have to kind of be here like once you take it out of here you're just like okay cool it ends up falling into the shift of panelist type thing where here is 
the fishbowl of entertainment for people to walk past and check yeah. it out. It's sort of showmanship type thing. The noise one's really interesting. That um, I so I the noise one's really interesting. And I remember the first one that I did here. Like so, I come from live sound and production and things like that. So I've done live sound and production trade shows and these are so much noisier. Like these are people who do it for a career of making noise and making things sound good and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But I think it's everyone on those shows kind of goes, oh yeah, we might play music for like a minute, but that's all we're ever going to do because everyone could do it in mm -hmm. a much larger capacity than what's here. And I think like, I think that's the thing of just like, I don't, I don't think that's a big, big issue for the show. Like, it's it's just kind of hard for us that I don't know how much stands are sort of saying, "Hey, we will have noise and we won't have noise." So that when they're kind of arranging spaces, they go, "Oh, actually, let's let's not put Audio Technica next to the stand that has noise," because I don't know how much people are declaring like, "Oh, we're, by the way, we're going to chuck up some speakers yeah. and hype it up." We're like going to have the guy in the Daft Punk suit playing yeah. like, one more time, like for. Hours Next 15 on minutes, yeah, which is just <laughs> a lie because it should just be one more time. Like, exactly, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's the name of the team. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think I think that's from their perspective. Like, like coming into this, um, like I think 2018, 2019, was maybe 2018 was my first. I can't remember, but I remember it was a real culture shock for me. Going, oh, this is this is quite loud here. Mm. This is a lot going on. And then, but I yeah, I don't sort of put it back to them of going, hey, you should move us to a quieter space because as you say though the noise like being next to sort of the twi the Red Bull thing that has a line of things I think like Rog's yeah, over here like there. Aftershock's yeah. there Rog's there like people are grouping on those like is that for us it's kind of the thing of like oh we would like it we would like it quieter for the studio environment but it's so much better for the brand and the whole purpose we're here is the marketing side of things as well and like sort of this is a nice thing to add into it but you know um, you kind of take that as well and everyone's kind of like oh this is a live podcast on the show floor and you know it's better than what it is out there yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it like it even though I can hear Sean Paul on loop just outside the booth <laughs> yeah. here when the listeners are, are playing back this episode of THG or whatever other podcast they're consuming from PAX the audio quality is still going to be fantastic because these 2040s fantastic Chris. price point fantastic audio quality out of these bad boys with minimal tweaking so we can compete with asus throwing a thousand mouse pads out and the crowd going crazy or sean paul talking about being the papa and someone being the mom or, or and all that kind of nonsense so yeah there, there's flexibility here where you don't want to close off the booth too much because you lose that energy you, you lose that atmosphere yeah, yeah. And, and like you said too is even though you're right in the middle of this noise box Almost, not not as in the booth here but like we're surrounded by these hype men and hype women throwing free promo and contra out to everybody the pull through that you guys can get from that because they're always around the booth and they're like oh that you know that AT headset looks pretty sick I'm going to go check that out or I need to upgrade my wireless games I'm going to check out those M50 XBT2s and then they chuck them on but they if we were sort of back in the back corner they might not have seen them because you're, you're isolated from yeah, the, the Sean Paulathon going on there at Aftershock. So <laughs> yeah. it is a fine line where the the noise can be a hindrance to just, I guess, the human ear, but the, the pull-through for sales and potential uh, brand awareness, like you yeah. said, the marketing side of it, it goes hand-in-glove in a way. It's almost like you've got to grit your teeth and deal with Sean Paul and Daft Punk and whatever else to get to those new potential fans of the brand. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and as you say, like the Tekken 8 being tucked away, like I only know... like. 
Mind you, I don't spend a lot of time on the show floor at these things anyway, but I only know it was here because somebody mentioned it in the podcast. Like, like I'm not on socials much during this week. I'm generally not really on my phone much this week anyway. Like, you know, um, I think coming back to the earlier thing of like, oh yeah, what are sort of the downside of the interactions and stuff like that for people who are curious about that sort of thing. Like, I think the build times and the times that people are here, I think that a lot of people don't kind of know. Like, like as I said, I've been like, so Tuesday, I say I was here, it was a couple of hours to get sort of the groundwork done to get stuff in here. Uh, Wednesday was a pretty big day on the stand and Thursday was massive to kind of close it all off. Um, but like that sort of stuff, I know I'm like, we, we have a much closer relationship with the guys that we use for stand building because we're physically here the whole time. Like yeah. we, yeah. we do a lot more handholding, I think, than a lot of other brands do. So like that's, that is on us. We kind of take a lot of pride in what we do here and we want to just make sure it's like, it's done well. We don't want to sort of turn up on Thursday morning and go, all right, cool. Let's go. We're done our, done our bit for the day. All right, we're just going to plug some things in and let's go. Like, we kind of want to make sure it's done right. We want to make it easy for them because, you know, we're doing some very, very specific things here. So we'll just do a lot of the little fine touches for these guys and help them out. Um, but I think that's a big part that I don't know how much people are aware of. Um, even we had uh, sort of one of our staff members come down and sort of her comment was, is like, oh, there's an entire industry of people here before the industry of packs turns up. Yeah. Like, there's the guys who are going to put everything in the air. There's mm-hmm. all the riggers. There's the stand builders. And what are the, the stand builders just build stands. Like, that's what they do for just trade show after trade show after trade show. It's an entire other industry, I think, that sort of, um, like, and, you know, I've been around for trade shows for a while now, so sort of across it quite a bit. But um, I think that's definitely something that is a bit like, hey, this is, to fully understand what goes into the background here, there is an entire industry of people carrying this through that gets underappreciated. Underappreciated, yeah, and like, like that, and just is a total unknown. Like it's most, like it's most support industries anyway. Like you know, there's an in, in, there's an entire infrastructure of people who have to make this stuff happen. And like, and I know that there's a really strong PAX team. Like I think the enforcers are one that uh, at least are in our faces and stuff like that here. But like the amount of work that these guys are putting in to kind of just make our show good. Uh, I think the marshalling is an int- like a good comment there as well because like it's the sheer numbers game. Like it's yeah. this thing of like kind of being prepped for hey, you are going to have tens of thousands of people turning up here, and what are you going to do with that? And sort of like uh, even before sort of, sort of talking to someone of like the inf- the enforcer's job must be like just two sides of like just any marshalling gig in general because you're like hey, you get to be a part of this, and it's a really fun thing. But then like how often do you run into people who are just an absolute nightmare to oh, be yeah. with? Like, you, like who just like don't want to deal with authority and you're just like, whatever, I'm just, I just want to do my job and yeah. And, and that's the thing, like it's those 1% that yeah. leave that bad 99. mark, that bad stain where the vast majority of people from an exhibitor standpoint, from a content creator standpoint, from a general admission standpoint, they're all great, but there is that 1% that is just a turd on this space and yeah. the, the talking point or the sticking point that people could either come away from packs with the best time or the worst time based yeah. off that one interaction or that one situation that they were directly or indirectly part of so yeah my heart goes out to to everybody involved because there's a lot of ingredients to go into the packs cake that's for sure it's not just yeah you roll up friday you roll out sunday no matter what you're involved like level of involvement is in there's so many moving parts like from it for a general punter or a general admission standpoint or even exhibitor standpoint it's like making sure there's accommodation because obviously everyone coming to PAX, the timing is there's there's less Airbnbs, there's less hotels. So that stress 
is an added layer. Uh, getting around packs is an added layer of stress. Uh, you know, making sure that you've got the appropriate clothing for the Melbourne weather that changes five times in a day. Uh, making sure that you're, you're sufficiently uh, deodorized and things like that is a big thing. Comfortable shoes, staying hydrated. Like, there's so many things that people need to be mindful of, whether they're a packed veteran, they're a first-timer, a 10-timer, whatever it might be, that you just need to have in the back of your mind because it's not just roll up, enjoy, roll out. There, there's so many parts to this Swiss Army knife that uh, could potentially cut you if you're playing around with it for the wrong way. So and my heart goes out to everybody that's involved, whether it be enforcers, like you said. Like, it's a thankless job. Mm. It's, it's a volunteer job. Like, these people are putting their time into this for abuse sometimes, which... Yeah. Like, if that was me and that happened to me once, I'm like, fuck this. I'm never doing this again. And I now probably don't like packs because this one person's ruined my my great image and my great memories I have of this show because they abused me for whatever reason. So shout out to the enforcers because mm. I don't think they get enough love yeah. or respect because all you hear is like, you know, once once six o'clock rolls and, and the, the show floor is shut and they're like, everyone get out unless you've got an exhibitor badge. And then, oh yeah, you dickhead. And it's like, no, they're doing their job yeah. to make sure this place stays safe and you stay safe and the exhibitors stay safe like they're doing the right thing but because you're having this negative aspect applied to you where you have to leave even though it's closed it's it's just it frustrates me because they don't get enough love all i see is them uh like people eye rolling at them or you know talking under their breath towards them it's like, Man, they're here to help you have a better time so take a second to uh appreciate that and respect that yeah and i think as well like even for people who like you said who come in on the Friday and leave on the Sunday or Monday whatever it is like it and it's just like a holiday for them and I don't think people truly realize that this is a year-round sort of job for them like Reed Pop and or I think it's RX now I think they're called but like there's a lot of organization that people don't see behind the scenes and and like you know having having friends who've worked for the company and, and sort of seeing how overly you know stressed they are when it comes like two to three months time before packs and they're like I'm up until like 12 a.m. organizing all of this and, you know, stands and organization and, and the panels and things like that. Mm. It's, it is a thankless job and you, you hit a, you know, the nail right in the head. Like it could be a whole number of things, but it's just making sure that everyone has that perfect time and, and is able to come away with those sorts of memories, even if, you know, they're only here for one day or three days and it's just getting everything sort of set up, I guess. Yeah, and, and on that phrase perfect time what would you guys you know, we're, all, we're all sort of looking at this from very different lenses as far as our involvement impacts this year what would you say to to listeners here to have a perfect time uh for pax 2024 i might throw it over to the engineer to the stars first and sort of see what what kind of general feedback or, or advice you'd want to share for, for people whether they're returning to pax it's a first time for pax what would you recommend for them to be mindful of to ensure they can have the best the best PAX experience? Um, I think the number one thing, I reckon, is multi-day. Um, I think that's that's a big one of, like, if, if A can afford the time and or ticket, like, try to get at least the two-day. I see a lot of people scrambling on a single-day ticket that... Um, like that, that would be my recommendation. I'm sure that people come in for a single day this year for the first time and gone, oh, this is this is bigger than it's what a lot. it's it's huge like this is like i say that i come from other trade shows but like um sort of other ones i've done let's say i think i did one here 
in Melbourne. Then I did, then I was back here like a month or so later for PAX. But the one I was here for, I think we had like four halls of this stretch of however many, seven, eight. Mm. Like we had like half this whole thing. And on the first time I turned up, it was like, oh, okay. You guys have an entire hall just for the queue. Like, yeah. like a quarter of our entire show was what you're using just for queue. Like this is like just sheer quantity, like sheer size. And like you get caught up with the pretty flashy lights here, but then you've got the entire role play and tabletop section, which is an absolute vibe. Like I couldn't get over how good that was. And I went through there last night because here closes at six and it's the only opportunity I get to go through there. So I went through across, I had to wander through and just like pretty much every table was full of people playing. Like I couldn't get over how like, I, every year it's so good to have in there so it's time like even uh, the advantage is spend the time in the fancy stuff but you're going to spend so much time in lines like you, you can see the tape markings on the line that some of them are like hey if you're here it's two hours until you're going to do this and it's like you're going to just if you're here to want to have a go at some of the games then you're going to burn time just standing around and waiting so um, two to, like, that, that would be my main sort of suggestion that's what, that's what I see here sort of come through um, like i as I said, don't deal with it a lot, but I definitely would recommend two days. Or at least, at, if you can, like, all circumstances allowing, I think you'd, like, it's the best way to sort of enjoy it, I suppose. I don't know how much you guys are Yeah, sort of I, I agree. You, you want to, you've got to practice patience with, with events and expos, no matter whether it be PAX or Brand XYZ or whatever you're seeing, like, there is going to be mass amounts of people around. It will be stressful. You will be queuing for things often, so... Make sure you've got comfortable footwear. Make sure you've got deodorant on. And if you've got something to kill time, whether it be a handheld or make sure you've got a, a power bank handy for your phone because there's going to be time when, like Matt just said, you'll be queued up to play the next game and you can spend two-plus hours in the line to get 10 minutes in it. So start weighing up if that is what you need to do because a lot of the time, yeah, you could be the biggest Mario fan in the world, but like Mario Wonder queuing up for two hours for 10 minutes even though the game comes out in two weeks I'm just like mm, I could use my time better by looking at the indies or like you said in the tabletop and roleplay area where I can get direct touch with many things in half the time and have a more fuller experience so yeah I think practice patience and um, yeah if you can get a multi-day pass definitely and also on that front like look at that Friday day as a good one if you can get the day off because it's typically the quietest day of the three so you might have more time to see and do more things and spend less time in those queues yeah. what say you mr tilby i mean you, you pretty much hit it right on the head like being able to pace yourself obviously if you've got like a two or even three day pass and being able to sort of just take the time to sort of see everything like you obviously don't have to rush and, and just sort of try and get everything in within a day which you can do like if you know where, where you are and you've been here before and you know what you're doing but I think the biggest thing for me, like having done this for about five, six years now, is try something new. There's always going to be something that is something you've not seen before or not had the chance to try. Like for me recently, I'm getting into more tabletop and D&D and, &D and, and seeing how big like the D&D &D stuff I has gone. I heard he really loves role play. Yeah. Really, really loves role play. Oh, it's my secret. My I, secret shame. Don't be ashamed. Uh, I, I saw the nurse outfit in the cupboard one time. Like, oh my. I told okay. you to keep that a quiet secret. <laughs> but, you know, like even, you know, having watched more Dimension 20 and, and started playing Baldur's Gate 3 and, and seeing how all that sort of has, has really sort of ripped me and a lot of other people, it, it's really become a big thing now. Like, you see, you go past like the, the wall into the, like, the vendors and there's just dice and cards and and booklets and things and 
that revenue opportunity. No, um, it, it's it's an opportunity to try new things and, and and go a little bit out of your comfort zone. And even for me, like you, you sort of you nailed it with the, the sort of talk about you know the bigger devs obviously coming back, and it's great to see. But like I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I wouldn't want to line up for two and a half hours to play. 10 minutes of Mario Wonder even though it looks great but it's just not something that I want to do when like you said it comes out in two weeks so for me it's about sort of finding my friends and trying something new and and just making sure that you're getting the most out of your money and, yeah. and making sure that you come away with it with something that you you didn't expect to be doing like you know having sat down for a game of Carcassonne or, or playing something that is just completely out of left field for you and you know it might be the VR that's it huge now in the, in the VR free play and, and that sort of thing so I think just trying something new and, and making sure that you're getting the most out of your time I, I agree I don't think I think the best thing that you said and I had in my head preloaded before you, you said it anyway is like don't be afraid to be uncomfortable like try new things step out of your comfort zone like I know we keep hammering on Super Mario Wonder and, and we don't <laughs> mean to do that by any stretch of the imagination we love Nintendo here but Nintendo is, is the biggest uh, biggest exhibitor here and it's a great game and I can't wait to play it on my Switch, don't get me wrong, but I love going through the indie showcase section and just taking my time to look at every single booth and even though at first you might see that first landing page of the game and go, that's a bit weird or that's not my usual thing, but just stand there for a couple of minutes, watch the gameplay, watch the trailer, see if it resonates in a way and then don't be afraid to step up and give it a try. Like, worst case, you waste 10 minutes and it's not for you, but best case, you could find your new favourite game, your new favourite studio. So don't be afraid to jump in to the deep end early and often when you see these these demos being available because it's their lifeblood, and if, if they're not getting eyes on their product, that product might never release, that studio might never continue to exist after, after this pack. So there's a lot of financial and time-based investment from people both big and small and in between so jump in play the games ask the questions like yeah if you're playing a game and you're really liking a mechanic or not liking a mechanic or if you're in the tabletop top or, or roleplay area and you don't understand a rule or you don't understand why this piece looks this way ask the people that are on the show floor because a lot of the time they're the ones building this stuff they take that feedback they can go away build it up better based off that feedback and release a a more superior product so don't be afraid to ask questions and provide feedback you know you can be critical with your feedback but just make sure it's not just nah mate this is shit i'm not going to play it to be yeah. like you, you know nah mate this is shit because of xyz maybe you could think of changing it because then it'll be a better experience because of blah yeah even then like i i went and saw uh, a game called footy bash that was being did um, play footy bash being being broadcast i guess over at the uh, the indies and Obviously, if you're a big fan of, of AFL, like it's going to be right up your alley. There's a lot of links to like Super Blood Hockey and NBA Jam with a sort of like wild style to it. And there's there's a couple of things like that. I, I talked to the devs like it would be great if there was a kick cursor when you could you could see where the ball was going to, you know, watch the trajectory and, and get a better idea of when to mark and things like that. And they said, look, we've taken all that stuff stuff on board. Some of it worked well, some of it didn't. And they're going to try and bring some of that sort of stuff into like a full release when they release it in you know round one next year for AFL time. And just hearing those sorts of ideas and, and how they're going to try and build and improve on it. Like this is crucial for even like that team is, is only maybe like three or four people here at, 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 the sh at the show. And there's probably maybe only a couple others in the dev team. So 
these teams can be, you know, 50 people big. They could be five people big. But any sort of crucial feedback that they get, like, it's going to make it a, a better experience for them and for other people in the long run. Exactly. Exactly. I think just keep an open mind with everything you do, everyone you see. And don't be afraid to, you know, if, if you see games and you want to take a photo, ask beforehand or, or, or t film some video as far as your playthrough. Just make sure you're getting approvals and consent from yes. game devs, from cosplayers and things like that too, especially if you're wanting to get a photo. Be friendly, go up and ask them. Don't assume that they know who you are. Don't assume that it's fine to be able to just hug them and, and touch people or touch product. Like always ask for permission as opposed to asking for forgiveness after doing the wrong thing so just be respectful of your surroundings and your people always and just have a good time like yeah just just get uncomfortable get into unfamiliar areas like the video game section is awesome and we've already touched on some of the cool things you can do but yeah get off the beaten track get into tabletop get into the free play area there's so many great games and platforms from yesteryear or very niche consoles or very niche titles you might never heard of i love the retro like yeah. area it's always a good good bit of fun every year like mucking around on kid picks on an imac or playing like an amtrak and just this sort of stuff that i would have never touched had i not gone to a pax and even really bothered to, to sort of look so it's, there's always like something to to find for sure like you can play your xbox your playstation your switch anytime any day we're here there's so many things that are outside your usual scope that are just dying to be interacted with and discovered even if it is a decade or two old so yeah take the time to play the old things talk to everybody on the show floor and just be respectful in those discussions and just, just have a good old time right maddie yeah and i think the last thing we need to like because we've talked about what's in the hall here but then also obviously panelists so being part of the panels and the theater works and stuff like that and i think that was the other part that i think a lot of people miss is not walking that next section and hitting the theatres. Like there's so many panels on, there's a whole schedule of things. And you mentioned the stuff going through to 11 o'clock at night. So I went to one last night, which was part of the generosity show there. Good, good bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. They're really good. Yeah. So like they're sort of tucked away over in the Wombat Theatre over there. But so we went to see Shanties last night and it's like, check the timetable, see what's happening. Talk to people because if they're experienced people, they'll be like, oh, check this out, check this out. This is always worth seeing. You can get that information, especially if it's your first time talk to people ask people and we mentioned the enforcers before and ask them as well like just a lot of those like uh, a lot of them there was actually one that on the drive here the other morning we saw him get off the tram and we recognized his hair like hair from previous shows and i was like ah we're here like this is it yeah. pax is on this guy this guy is an icon part of the team here um and like that's like ask them, the majority of them have done it quite a number of times, so they're gonna know the places to check out, they're gonna have like some suggestions and stuff, and definitely check out, like obviously I'm coming from a brand perspective, so you're gonna check out this hall here, but there's so much more going on around here, um, and you know, the social aspect as well, like as you said, the, the beers afterwards, and like the, the, well, your beverages afterwards, whatever your sort of, your, your social hangouts afterwards are just as, just as a massive part of what PAX is yeah, than the, just the exhibition hall. Yeah, the exhibition hall is your start point and then you choose your own adventure from there. And <laughs> the great thing is, as well, there's a, there's a really handy PAX app where you can build out your scheduling and yeah. you can sort of start saving, okay, I'm going to go to this panel at 10 
then you can you know put a text note in there i'm going to then go swing by the audio technica booth to check out the best audio based equipment on the show floor here and i'm going to go Always play something over at nintendo he's, he's a so, pro. <laughs> so you can you can sort of plan your day and night out accordingly but just make sure you also plan some time to rest recover reset because yeah. they're big days it can lead to big big nights and then very sore mornings the next day so just be sure not to sort of bite off more than you can chew and don't be afraid to ask for help or ask for advice or guidance like Matt said regarding talking to an enforcer, talking to a packed representative, talking to the exhibitors on the on the show floor. They're here to help you and make your experience better. So don't be afraid to ask the question no matter how silly you think that question might be. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's the thing at the end of the day, we're all kind of here for the same thing. Like, yeah. cool, we might be selling some stuff here, but it, like we also want to just be part of the vibe like this is we're all here for the same goal we just kind of want to have fun celebrate the social action celebrate this community Um, and i think that's sort of where i think sometimes it gets a bit muddled and stuff but realistically everyone's kind of on the same page so we're all here together it's all about togetherness it's all about community it's all about having a good time so just whatever is needed to have yourself a good time it will happen so uh yeah, I guess just being mindful of time and being respectful of people's time, uh, we might look at uh, saying this could be the, uh, the the stop point here for THG 336. Matt, Matt, looking at both you beautiful bastards, I want to say thank you for taking time out of your schedules to uh, riff here on the fantastic AT2040 XLR-based microphones, audio-technica.com, or if you can hear me on the speakers outside on the show floor, they're doing a sweet discounted price on the 2040 so upgrade your content creation game right now by getting a 2040 because the price point combined with that audio quality is second to none but uh listeners you can obviously find us as a whole at we're 8-bit you can find me at brendan 8-bit you can find matt tilby at it's tilby and you might be able to find other matt here next year or at the next great events or maybe you might see him cycling around and just being a bad mother because he's one of those in all the right ways but boys anything you want to say before we close this podcast down for another week um, no all good mate um, thank you thank you for the time thank you for having us here thank you for joining me here on the weekend yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way I think it's just been great to see everyone's face it's been a, a yet another awesome PAX weekend and obviously going to be uh, back in the chair next week uh, for regular scheduled content on the Hungry Gamers that's uh, it so yeah THE 337 will be coming at you next week normal sort of flow normal sort of structure but now I thought, well, yeah, we'd do a little bit of a packed recap done different. So uh, hopefully, listeners, you are informed, entertained, and maybe educated in a various degree. But until next time, listeners, much love. And stay hungry. We'll see you around.